Good morning, and welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show, which boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly thankful for everyone coming on to the live thus far, and hope that we're able to say something that is going to edify your souls on this morning. Got a jam-packed show for you this morning. We're going to be talking about Christian BBLs. Apparently that's a thing now. We're going to talk about the implications of what it means to alter your body cosmetically, um, and if that's something that God, you know, condones, endorses, is glad that you do, and all that comes with that. We're also going to be talking about marriages and how sometimes, you know, the throes of life can get in the way of us seeing one another as human beings and as our spouses, and some ways that we can, you know, just kind of spice things up in terms of just seeing one another and telling each other that we miss each other. We're going to talk about Nikki Haley and her response to the abortion issue going on in Texas uh, with Kate Cox, uh, who uh, needed an abortion because of a situation going on with her with her unborn child. Uh, but, at, but first, we're going to be talking about Shadows of the Cross, going back into our st study of the book of Hebrews and looking at how all the Old Testament is a testament to the supremacy of Jesus Christ. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop down in that comment box below and let us know what you're thinking and how you're feeling. Um, again, we just ask that you keep it classy so that way we can stay on the live uh, here on TikTok. Uh, but feel free to let us know how you're feeling, any questions, comments, or concerns that you have. And if you do have a question that you do want answered, stay tuned for the end of the show, which happens around 7.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll be happy to answer any questions that you may have um, down in that comment box below. Again, we thank, thank you so much for joining us online. We're going to start off with a word of prayer. And then we're going to get started in our series, or continue in our series, Shadows of the Cross. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, Lord God, that you think it not Robert to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. We ask that this show be none of me and all of you. Lord God, everything that we talk about on today... Every word that's expressed on today, Lord, let it be a testament to the supremacy of who you are. Lord God, we're just thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, that made all this possible by dying on a cross and rising again, that we may have the opportunity to worship you in both duty and delight. Lord God, we're so thankful for all that you have done for us, all that you're doing and all that you continue to do. And ask that you continue to lead us and guide us into all truth, that we may grow to love you, bless you and honor you in duty and delight. Lord God, we're just thankful and give your name, praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, we're in the book of Hebrews as we've been um, studying uh, a series entitled Shadows of the Cross. And I won't do the drive-by like I normally do, um, just but just to say that everything in the Old Testament is a testament to the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And we are grateful that God gives us this insight to be reminded that everything about our Bibles, everything that's in our Bibles is all pointing to Jesus. Every word from Genesis to Revelation is a testament to the supremacy and the, the love and the favor and the grace and the forgiveness and the peace of Christ. And so all throughout from Genesis to Revelation is a testament to this. The Levitical priesthood is a testament to this. Moses is a testament to this. Daniel in the lion's den is a testament to this. Um, uh, the parting of the Red Sea, uh, the people going over into the promised land. Everything about the Old Testament is a shadow of Jesus Christ. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
if we know how to read our Bibles and we know how to look through the scriptures, then we can be just like the two men who were on the road to Emmaus um, after Jesus had risen from the dead, whose eyes were opened by Christ through every part of scripture as he showed them exactly who he is throughout all of scripture. And so we're grateful that we get this opportunity now through the power of the Holy Ghost to be reminded that everything in our Bibles is about Jesus Christ. In our last um, session, we were talking about chapters 6 through 10 um, and how Jesus is the final sacrifice to ever be paid, the final sacrifice to ever be taken, um, to be ever be, ever be taken um, in, in terms of the final atonement for sins, um, that we're no longer living um, as, um, as, as, the, as days of old where our sacrifices make atonement for sin, that Christ's sacrifice is the final sacrifice. And because of that, he has now taken on the high priestly role for us, and he has ushered us into a new covenant and a new way of being and a new way of worshiping and a new way of um, seeking atonement for our sins. So... We're going to jump into Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse number 19, as the author of Hebrews makes a pivot. He makes this pivot of from talking about the Old Testament and the old principles of the law and makes a pivot to now what this means for us as the believers in God. And as he does this, he's still going to remind us that things of old are still pictures and copies and shadows of him, but he's making the pivot to let us know that now that we know that all these things are a pivot, we can, we, there are now several implications that can come from knowing that Jesus is the, um, is the, is the, uh, the, the thing that everything else is casting a shadow, um, of. And so starting at verse number 19, therefore brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a fearful expectation of judgment in a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment, do you think, will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, quote, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, quote, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, 
and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For, quote, yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So, author of Hebrews says that if we are indeed the children of God, if we are indeed a part of the kingdom, then we should continue to walk in full assurance of the kingdom that we possess. If we say we love Jesus and we say that we love God, it is a terrible thing to say that we love him and yet turn our backs against him. It is a terrible thing to have received, tasted, and seen that the Lord is good and yet turn back to the very things that we know won't last. To turn back to the very things that we know are temporary. Turn back to the very things that we know are not of God at all. Turn back to the very things that we um that we that we believe before Christ were our salvation, our peace, our hope, our joy, our happiness, our contentment. It is a sad thing to turn away from the very thing that we know will give us everlasting peace, everlasting joy, everlasting hope. And so he tells us, if we, if God has done what he's done for us, and there's no longer a need for atonement for sins, that if Christ has died and has risen again for us, if Christ, if, and we believe that Christ has secured our eternal salvation and our eternal hope in him, then we should hold fast to our confession of faith and hold fast to our Savior in the full assurance that our sins have been covered from one end to the other. And that should produce in us a salvation and produce in us a love for God that carries us from now all the way through eternity. And in doing so, um, not only should we you know, be grateful for what we have, but we should also then spur others to do the same. That we should run the race of, you know, making disciples as, as, as hard as any other pursuit that we have in this life. Because we know that our God is good. We know that our God is kind. We know that our God is faithful. We know that our God is everlasting. We know that our God is, is patient. We know that God is loving. We know that God is forgiving. That we, and because we know this, we should be willing to use and leverage whatever God has given us in order to show others the supremacy of God in our lives and just how good he has been to us. We should stir one another up in, 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 in our faith and in our love for, for, for the God that we serve and be willing to do that for our brothers and sisters. 
I was talking to people on um, on the on the platform threads uh, for the past couple of days, and I said to um to them, I said to the people on threads um, that we as the people of God have a responsibility um, by, that's charged by God to judge our brothers and sisters in the faith. We don't judge unbelievers, but we do judge our believers based upon the, the truth of what we say we believe in and our relational equity toward them. That the closer I am to you, the more apt I should be to stir you up to follow after the God that we say that we believe in, to to to, to 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 follow after the Christ that we serve. If you say that you're a believer, and you're blatantly walking in sin, I am charged by God to tell you that ain't what God would have us to do, based upon the relational equity and the closeness that I have with you. There were so many people, unbelievers in particular, who were all up in arms about this. This is why we don't follow Christ now. You say, how can you be? How can you say we can? You can be judgmental to to people because God says not to be not to judge people. That's why I don't believe in Him now because you're talking about judging people and we're not supposed to judge. God says not to judge, and I said two things. One. You didn't read everything that I said because I said we don't judge unbelievers. We judge believers. And two, that we judge them based upon our relational equity. So I'm not going out here. We're not supposed to go out here and just judge people all willy-nilly who we don't know. I have to have enough relational equity with you to do so. But it is still my job nonetheless to show you the error of your ways, especially if you're close to me. Because we can't say that we believe in God, but then blatantly outright walk in sin. That's that's not that's not being a believer. And then we are charged to walk alongside our brothers and sisters and let them know, hey, what you doing? Mm, that doesn't line up with what God would have us to do. For again, it says in our scriptures here, if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, because Christ has already covered that on the cross, but a fearful expectation of drug judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God? It has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and outraged the spirit of grace. So he's saying to us there that after receiving the knowledge of the truth, if we then decide that we want to walk in, we're still going to walk in sin after knowing what God has done for us, knowing what he's accomplished, hearing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we might as well put, have put the nails in Jesus' hands ourselves. We might as well put the nails in Jesus' feet ourselves. We might as well have gone and, and, and pierced him in the side and, and, and drawn him up, drew him up on that cross ourselves because we're saying to the Son of God who died and rose again for our sins, I don't care. I don't care that you died for me. I don't care that you rose again. I don't care 
that you, you know, that you sacrifice your life for my sins. I don't care about none of that. I, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do it how I want to do it. And there's nothing that you can say and nothing that you can do that's going to change my mind. There's nothing that you can say, nothing that you can do that's going to make a hill of difference. I'm going to continue to be me. I'm going to continue to do what I do. And ain't nothing that you can do to change my mind at all. You know how some people get on here on this platform and be like, blah, 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 change my mind. That's how we can sometimes treat Jesus when we blatantly do what we want to do, knowing what Jesus has done, knowing what Jesus has accomplished. Now, again, if you're an unbeliever hearing the gospel, heart still hardened, nothing but love for you. And as we always say, God loves you, wants a relationship with you. And so we hope and pray our expectation that God will, you know, prick your heart. And in doing so, show you who he is, and you fall in love with him as we have. But for the believers who have given, who've, whose hearts have been transformed, who've been given this knowledge of truth, to turn back to sin, we are charged to stir you up. To stir you up back to God. As it says again in the word. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we again are charged by God to stir up one another to love and good works. That is, or that we are tasked to help one another to love Christ, to love God, to but want to be a part of the kingdom, to want to share in fellowship with one another and bear one another's burdens and um, eat together with one another and, you know, and laugh together with one another, to cry with one another, to all those one another's that are in the scriptures. We're to stir one another up to keep, to, to help one another to stay grounded and to stay rooted and to stay planted in downtown will of God. Now, that is our charge because, again, as it says, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of of a living God. The living God. It's an awful thing. A fearful thing to fall into the hands. Of the true and living God. So we as the people of God. We have to be careful. That we don't put ourselves in a position. That you know we don't end up telling people. Follow Jesus but then we're giving them. A completely different life that we're living. That is contrary to what we say we believe in. And we also have to be, be our brother's keeper. Not saying that we are responsible for their salvation. We can't save anybody. But we do have an obligation to at least walk alongside our brothers and sisters. And encourage them to stay rooted in God. To stay rooted in Christ. Knowing that Christ has paved the way for us by dying on the cross and rising again, that we may have the ability to be able to love him and to serve him um, in spirit and in truth. So he tells us, recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison 
and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So he tells us, which is what we'll start going into um, in chapter 11, that we have a, that we have people in our lives now and our ancestors, our Christian brothers and sisters of old who have gone through many of things and they endured those things because of the treasure that they had that they the treasure that they were in possession of they loved God so much and loved Jesus so much that they were willing to give up everything in order to serve him to love him, to walk in him, to make disciples of him, and to continue in faith with the promise of the new heavens and the new earth to come. I'm so sorry, y'all. This eye is getting on me right now. And so, because we have such a great cloud of witnesses, which is what we're going to get into in our um in our next you know uh, next couple of chapters, we the people of God. Because we know what people have gone through in order to get to us, for the, faith of, for the faith of Jesus Christ to get to us, we, the people of God, can be stirred up to run our race with endurance. To press on, to keep moving, to keep striving, to keep pushing, to stay on the battlefield for the Lord. We don't have to give up the fight. There will be some dark days ahead, that, you know, for some of us. There are some, some, some trying times that come for some of us. But we can rest in the comfort of knowing that regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, no matter how hard the trial, no matter how hard the test, we, if we put our hands in the hands of the master, we will be all right. We, will stay, we can stay strong because our strength is, is, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness in our limitations, in our struggles, in our hard times. We, the people of God, can rest in the comfort of knowing that we are going to be all right, that we will be good, because we are in possession of a treasure not made by hand, not made by man. And that treasure is everlasting, and it is waiting for us in the life to come. So we can rest in the comfort of knowing that we serve a true and living God who loves us so much that his son got on a cross and died for our sins, that we may have the right to the tree of life, that we may be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that we may be called the righteousness of God, that we may be called sons and daughters of God. While we were weak, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, Christ got on a cross and died that we might live. And as such, if we can hold on to the promise of eternal rest, eternal peace, eternal hope, 
eternal love, eternal salvation, then we can walk in this world with confidence and full assurance that God is going to deliver us from the from the from the wilds of darkness in this world and is going to usher us into the new heavens and the new earth that he eternally secured for us by his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return. We, the people of God, can hold on to hope and endure any suffering, any trial, any tribulation, any issue, any problem that we have going on. You know, for all the struggles that we go through in this life here in the United States in particular, you know, we are a blessed and fortunate people as it stands right now that for the most part we can worship freely. You know, maybe some limitations here and there depending upon where we're at, but for the most part we can worship God freely. We haven't really we really haven't felt what it means to be persecuted the way that our brothers and sisters of old have been, the way that people in so some parts of Africa, mo, 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 a lot of parts of the Middle East definitely in China and countries like that, where if you mention the name of Jesus, you could be, you know, unalived um, um, on the spot. And so we're a fortunate nation and a fortunate people that we're able to worship God as freely as we can. If somebody's, you know, saying slanderous things on your platforms, that's not persecution. As a matter of fact, how again, how I tell y'all I handle it all the time, unbelievers want to come want to come from my neck and want to say things to me. I simply just let them know, hey, listen, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And so, so one person who's got, got frustrated with that, you're just gonna keep repeating yourself. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. I got nothing else to say. You're not a believer. And so nothing we talk about is gonna make a hill of difference because you you already you've already made up your mind about where you stand. So all I got to say is God loves you and wants a relationship with you. Because my beef ain't with you. My beef is with sin and with darkness and with Satan and his forces. And so I'm going to spread the love of Jesus for you to know that God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And so we say again all that to say that we as the people of God, we rest in the comfort of knowing that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You can't, my soul is secure. My soul is resting in Jesus. You know, if God be for me, who can be against me? My soul is resting in Jesus. And so let the opposition come. Let the trials come. Let the tribulations come. My soul is resting in Jesus. I'm like Jesus when he was asleep in the storm. My soul is so secure. Let the trials come. Let the tribulations come. Yes, they may give me a dark night of the soul, but my, my, my soul is anchored in Christ. That regard, like if I'm thrown in the fiery furnace, hey, I might not make it out this furnace. But I know that Christ can get me out the furnace if he wants to. But whether he does or whether he doesn't, I'm not going to bow down to any other God. Throw me in the mouth of the, of, of, the, of, the, of the fish. If this is my tomb, so be it. But to God be the glory, I'm, go I'm not going to bow down to any other God but him. You know, if you throw if you if you throw me into the lion's den, hey, listen, I'm gonna keep praying. And if the lions eat me up, so be it. But if they don't, to God be the glory. But I'm not gonna bow down to any other God but God. Because at the end of the day, He is who we serve, He is who we worship, He is who we adore, and He is who we treasure. And as such, we, the people of God, we can rest in the comfort of knowing. Yet if God said he loves us, he got up on that cross and died for our sins and rose again, our souls are eternally secure in him. 
And because of the assurance that he gives us by his eternal, by, by his eternal um, security of our souls, we, the people of God, can stir up one another in, 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 in the love and the faith that we have. And as it says in the word, we will not shrink back and not be destroyed because we who have faith, we have our, we, our souls have been preserved. So we can take comfort in the fact that if Christ died for our sins and if Christ rose again for us, we, the people of God, we, are, we can walk in full assurance that our souls have been, are anchored in him. There's no sacrifice that you've got to make. There's no penance that you have to do. There's no, there's no uh, knowledge that you have to earn in order to be a part of the kingdom. Your kingdom membership is upon repentance and belief. Confession with the mouth, believing in the heart that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for our sins and God raised him from the dead. That's free. Now, once you're in the kingdom, there are some sacrifices to be made. But the love that God has for us will reign so supreme in your heart that even when it hurts, you would rather give those things up to walk in righteousness rather than continue walking in sin and darkness knowing what Christ has accomplished. And so I say all that to say to my brothers and sisters today, those of you who are listening, if you have a relationship with God, walk in for your full assurance. Your local body of believers, your online communities, let, leverage those to stir up one another in the good gifts that God has given us, in the love and the faith that God has given us. We're, we're thankful that God loves us so much that he got on the cross and died for our sins. And we preach that and teach that to everyone. Everyone upon the sound of our voices. And we thank God that he loves us so to where we're able to stir up one another in goodness and in grace. In addition, if you are not a believer in God, you're not a believer in Christ, then we encourage you, listening to platforms like these and listening to other um, Christians, give Jesus a chance. Give him a chance. Now, our job is not to convince you of God's existence, so don't ask because we're not going to do it. Our job is not to try to argue you down and, you know, try to make, you know, make ourselves feel better at your expense. But rather, our job is just to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, testifying to the supremacy of Christ in hopes that maybe it will stir your heart up to, at the very least, go grow curious about your creator, God. One way or another, you will have to bow down to him. Whether you buy that, whether you bow down in 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 this life, or if you bow down in the next, and so we encourage anyone listening today, if you believe you don't have a walk with God, we're encouraging you. Hey, come on over to the fold. We'd love to have you, because again, you know there's plenty of room at the table. All you got to do is repent and believe, and you too can walk in this um, Christian walk with us and have your um and have your soul be eternally secured 
in him. We thank you for watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here with your boy Eddie D on TikTok Live. We're here uh, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, unless there are days where I'm tired like I was yesterday. Um, if you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show. Listen to every episode from inception to now. We thank you so much for your 88 likes today. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Christian BBLs. Apparently that's a thing now. And how a lot of Christians got really up in arms about this lady talking about how Jesus inspired her to go get a BBL. We're going to talk about that and more in just a moment. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, certainly thankful for the um, for the 107 likes that we've gotten thus far. Keep those likes up if you so desire to do so. Um, so over the past weekend, um, the the term Christian BBL had been trending on X, and um, yeah, didn't know that was a thing. But apparently, it's a thing now, and it's got everybody confused. According to the um, according to Complex, the 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 website Complex says the Christian BBL could be the next wave to hit the surgical table. Earlier this week, the topic hit social media, namely X, after Christian YouTuber YouTube influencer Sophiology, born Sophia Idahosa, uh, I think it's Idahosa. Um, shared a 39-minute video where she detailed the procedure. She explained that she went to Houston cosmetic surgeon Dr. Jung Money 
for liposuction and a fat transfer to her hips, and her recovery will be six months overall, linking the procedure to her Christian faith, Idahosa. Clap back at against those who were judgmental of her decision to have surgery and projecting their beliefs. Quote, I have never presented myself to be a holy, perfect example. I've always vouched for the girls that love God and are not accepted by others. Ironically, a remix of SZA's Good Days opens Idahosa's video. The singer-songwriter has been open about her own reasons for getting a BBL, which we're not going to get into detail about that today. In a previous YouTube video, the 25-year-old Nigerian woman shared that she was pro-surgery, despite some Christians believing that natural bodies are more religiously acceptable. <laughs> Excuse me. Quote, don't get me wrong. I get there are people that are like pro-natural bodies, like don't do anything to yourself, don't get veneers. I'm not personally that person. I'm here for anything that makes you look better, feel better, have more confidence, and just enjoy your life. She continued, quote, Whatever choices I make in my life, have your disappointment and make a decision. Do you love me? Yes or no? Trending Explained said this on their, um, on their page. Christian BBL is trending because a YouTuber with a lot of Christian followers did a bum-bum enlargement surgery. So her Christian followers started castigating her for doing such an evil thing. To please them, she, she now said it's a Christian BBL. People got more confused. Although Idahosa insisted that she got spiritual permission from God, the explanation wasn't acceptable to many social media users. The Christian BBL coin got laughs from many who were confused about Idahosa's journey and thought she was using her religion as a cop-out. On Tuesday, quote, um, Christian BBL was an ex-trending topic and got the meme treatment from those who were lost on the whole thing. Um, others joke that the Christian BBL was the perfect fit for a Christian nightclub boom that's becoming present in major cities like Los Angeles and Atlanta. Um, with the, um, the Christian BBL is a far cry from some who say the movement is dying out. In April, Dr. Miami spoke to Complex and shared that women like Black China are opting for skinny and reversal BBLs to undo the popularized voluptuous shape. Quote, within the next year, People will continue asking for more skinny BBLs and not the ginormous dump truck BBLs anymore. I think that trend is going to continue for a while. So, um, I am not here to judge the validity of so, um, and make sure I get her name right, because I won't get this name wrong. I think it's Sophia. Yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want to bash her faith. She believes in Jesus, believes that Jesus is the Son of God, died for her sins, rose again. You confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. You are saved. So, if you if you in the kingdom, you in the kingdom. And yet. The tree is known by the fruit that it bears. And so, I watched her videos. I, I watched I watched her video last night, and I, and I went on her website, and I looked at, you know, what she got going on. And it reads to me, a shallow walk with God. A shallow walk with God. She was saying, she said in, in her video... Um, I wish that I could pray like my mother prays. 
my my prayers seem to be more Gen Z. And in hearing that and then hearing her proceed to talk about, you know, her BBL and talk about how she got, you know, the hate from people and that, you know, she needs the praise and she needs the love and she needs the support and she needs the likes and she needs the comments from her from her community. It very much reads to me that her faith walk is steered in the direction of the prosperity gospel. Where it's all about naming and claiming. It's all about, you know, looking a certain way, you know, being, a, you know, living a certain lifestyle and being blessed by God to have these things. You know, she can have her reasons, her personal reasons for wanting to get a BBL. But I, I can almost take to the bank that God didn't endorse that. And the reason why I say that is because the question that I would be asking anyone who gets a BBL is how is getting a BBL glorifying God? What is getting a, how is be getting a BBL, a Brazilian butt lift, turning your body into an hourglass, how is that glorifying God? How is going under the knife to turn your body that God has given you into something that it's not, how is that glorifying God? Now, my wife brought this up as kind of what a typical counter might be. Well, what do you say to people that are that exercise? And, and what do you say to people who, you know, try to get their shape right by exercise? I would ask them the same question. How are you glorifying God through your exercise? Most people may answer the question, I'm doing it for health reasons. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit and that sort of thing. And so this is the way to, about to, go, to go about doing it. You know, and, you know, this isn't compromising my relationship with God. It isn't compromising the mission that he has me to do, you know. But you may have others who are literally doing it so they can post on Instagram, post on, on, on the other social media websites, get the money, get the deals, get the endorsements, and they can say all day long, I'm doing this for me. This is my personal thing. And I'm doing and, and you may be, very well be right and so. But just check yourself to see whether or not if one picture doesn't get enough hits, you're taking that picture down and putting another picture up in its place and hoping it'll get more. Just check yourself. Um, but, but nevertheless, whether you eat, whether you drink, and all that you do, do it for the glory of God. To take on a dangerous surgery that some people might not come back from in an attempt to look a certain shape. Again, make it make sense to me. How is that glorifying God? How is that glorifying God? Because your intention matters. Your intention matters. How is what you how is 
turning your body into something that is not glorifying God. I was watching this video and I'm gonna I'll admit it has some vulgarity in it. And so if you're if you're one to be squeamish with vulgarity on a Christian, you know, page, then you know, close your ears or go off the live and come back in like thirty seconds. But this spoke true to a lot of people's sentiment when it comes to the BBL movement and um and what and how people really and how people really feel about it. The women with the BBLs, yeah, yeah. like the women that's not even in y'all. No, 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 it's fun to drive out there, but now I'm not paying for this. This shit going back to the rental office when I'm done with it. That's what we do with BBLs. But we're not taking that to the parent-teacher conference. <laughs> Bitch walking in, ass being the table. Not, yeah. Like, come on, like let's stop playing for real. Y'all gotta, y'all confuse a man's sexual attention with what he wants as a wife and and as an example for his, his kids, mm -hmm. as a mother. We don't want the BBL. Because automatically we know your mind is fucked to the point where you risked your life for a bigger ass for attention. It did not it did not further you in life no type of way other than more likes on Instagram and more niggas wanna fuck you. Female version. But that I yeah. And can we say that he's wrong? Can we say that he's wrong? Because for the most part, what 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 do you have to gain? from getting a BBL just to look cuter be able to wear certain clothes that you want to wear be able to take certain pictures that you want to take so that your you know your butt can do certain things and as he said a lot of times people will mistake the attention that they're getting as for what men want in a relationship and it's like no they just want to play they want to play with a BBL but they're not trying to wife a BBL. And for a lot of men, the thought process is you risked your life for attention. You risked your life for likes. You risked your life so that you could be a certain shape and a certain size. What does that say about your heart? And so again... I'm not knocking anybody for getting it. But to say that it's a Christian BBL. Like. Make the, the math just ain't mathing on that. Because God would not have us to alter our bodies in this way. As a means of trying to glorify him. Not like this. Because again, God says in the scriptures that if we're going to do any type of surgery on ourselves, the surgery should be such of our souls. As a matter of fact, and that's not just for women. That's not just for women. That's also for men too. So I don't want to be like, oh, you just, you bashing on women. No, this is for men too. 
He says in 1 Peter chapter uh, 3, verse number 3, starting at verse number 3, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold or jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in, which in God's sight is very precious. In our culture today, we spend so much time, which again was why when looking at her page and looking at her website and looking at her things, she's all about outer appearance. When it comes to the makeup, she the makeup and the, the, the clothing choices and the nails, everything's about the outer appearance for her. That that that's her bread and butter, that's where she makes her money. You know, that's how she gets her that's her platform since twenty fifteen. So again, I'm that's that's how she that's who she is. That's 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 the persona that she's created for herself. And again, not knocking it, because again, do what you do. But again, to again say this is a Christian BBL, Christ himself tells us don't pay so much attention to your outer appearance. Pay attention to your heart and what's going on there and dealing with that there. And again, by her own words, talking about, I think I need your, I need your support. I need your love. I need your, I need your likes. I need your, I need your praise. I need your support. So please, you know, your support me, support me. All that saying is that all that you're doing is for attention. And for a lot of people, they think that exact same way. And so to tag God's name on that, it's a very dangerous thing to do. Because again, not saying that God is just casting her into the pits of hell. No, God, this isn't this isn't something that's worthy of hell. But again, this isn't of God just based script based based scripturally on how he tells us take no thought of all of this instead we should be thinking more about the heart and concerned about the heart and dealing with the heart again it reads to me a shallow walk with God a very shallow walk with God. And again, do what you do. I'm, it's your, your money, your life, your, do what you do. It just reads to me a very shallow walk with God where I've done enough to get in the kingdom and now he is obligated to give me things that I want and I'm going to tag his name on it thanking him for the blessings. And it's so, and it's so warped now that she's that she's wrapped it up into, and many people like her wrapped it up into God is blessing me to be beautiful. And again, paint the barn. Not knocking anybody for wanting to make themselves look good. I I'm a, got a treadmill. I'm doing my walk thing. I'm trying to you know get myself fit and right too. So you know I ain't mad at you. But again, to tag God's name on a BBL, the math ain't mathing on that one.
The math's not mathing on that one. God told me to do no. That's that don't sound that doesn't sound like him. People often ask the question, how do I know when God is speaking to me? If you know his word, you know what he sounds like. So when someone says something like Christian BBL, that doesn't sound like God to me. That doesn't sound like Jesus to me. That doesn't sound like him. Because according to the word, he says in his word that our adornment should be that of the inner of the inner man and not the outer man. So you're going under the knife to alter the way that you look. For what? How is that glorifying God? Because God says, don't, in, don't concern yourself about your outer appearance. He didn't say not to be healthy, but he said, don't concern yourself and consume yourself with your outer appearance to where you are neglecting your soul. And sometimes we'll neglect our soul so much that we'll exchange the truth about God for a lie. And worship creation rather than creator. And God will give us over to a, rep to a reprobated mind. To where we'll say something as, as, you know, loony as, I got a Christian BBL. The math's not mathing on that. That doesn't sound like God. So we, the people of God, must be careful not to see that and hear that and then follow after that because, well, she got a Christian BBL. I want a Christian BBL too because if God did it for her, God can do it for me. That ain't God though. That ain't God. Now, I don't have any relational equity with this woman. So, again, I'm, I can't I can't talk to her like I, want, like I would like to or anything of that nature. Maybe, maybe, maybe she'll respond to a comment if I put one in the box for her. But at the end of the day, you know, the tr I, 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 can, I see the fruit. I see the fruit. And, I, and I've used this not to bash her. But to use this as a cautionary tale for us as believers that we got to be ever so careful that we're not hearing things like Christian BBL and thinking that that is a, a, an endorsement from God. Because that doesn't sound like him. Check your scriptures. Check your scrolls. It doesn't sound like him. And again, this isn't proof texting. It goes throughout all the scripture. When he tells us, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You know, to we, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. BBLs are nothing more than a, another means of trying to get this perfect body figure that some person, namely Kim Kardashian, you know, coined, you know, as being the, 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 the ultimate body type. And now everything, everybody and their grandma has been trying to get that ever since. And that was way back in 2004. Everybody been wanting to be like Kim Kardashian ever since. And you see the, the issues and the problems and the struggles and everything that woman done been through. But again, Everyone thinks that you know that that's the that's what we want that that's what people want and the truth of the matter is just like the dude said on 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 on, his, on that platform, um, no, 
men want to play with it, but they don't want that going to the parent teacher conference. They don't. They don't want to take. They don't want to take that to mom. They don't want to wife that. Not like you think they do. And so that even exposes the reality of why some women get it because they want the attention from men. So again, asking the question, how is getting a BBL glorifying God? How is that bringing glory to him? How is that bringing honor to him? How is that bringing praise to him? Because what a man says, Lord, have mercy. But is he really saying that in, 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 in glorifying God? Or is he doing that in lust? Doing that in lust to you? Because again, the BBL, how is that glorifying God? And only you can know that. If you know that you know that you know, it ain't got nothing to do with God and everything to do with you. How is getting a BBL glorifying him? You got to ask yourself that. Because, I mean, again, you get it. I mean, get it how you live. But just be honest with yourself. Are you really glorifying God? Or is it a glorification of self and you're trying to tag God's name on it? Because, again... Christian BBL, that doesn't sound like him. Not according to the scriptures from Genesis through Revelation that talks about your inner man being more important than your outer appearance. Again, I'm not saying not to take care of your bodies. I'm definitely not saying that. But I'm, but I'm also not saying go to the doctor and become this hourglass shape. Because you got to be honest with yourself. You're not doing that for Jesus. You're not doing it for Jesus. And dare, dare, dare I say, you're definitely not doing it for Jesus as if you the pastor of the church, you're going to change your body shape so that way it'll draw more people to the church. So no, don't, mm -mm, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to fly. So I'm praying for Sophia. I'm praying for, you know her heart and mind that she you know again have your platform do your thing you're, you're a makeup artist you're a cost you know you clothes and all that stuff do what you do more power to you but I'm praying that someone with enough relational equity can speak to her and let her know that God is not interested in her outer appearance. He's, he wants her heart. And it would do her well to be less concerned about the numbers that she draws and thereby the money that she makes and instead be more concerned about the impact and the influence that she has through her platform and leveraging it so that more souls can be saved rather than beauty being the subject and that God just endorsing it because she feels like 
well, God allowed me to get this BBL, so I'm going to call it a Christian BBL. Because again, Lord have mercy, the math just ain't mathing on that. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly thank you for the 110 likes that we've received thus far. Thank you for every like, every follow, every comment, and every share. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear from past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show and listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, going to talk to us about marriages and how sometimes we can get so caught up in the throes of life that we miss one another and that some sometimes simply saying I miss you can do all the make all the difference in the world. Thank you for watching and we'll be right back in just a moment. the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful again for the 110 likes that we've received thus far. Keep those likes coming if you so desire. Um, had a client um, earlier this week and his new client came and talked to me and was talking about the fact that, you know, he felt like him and his wife were having some issues and some problems and um, you know, we're a little distant from each other for, for quite some time and I'm just kind of concerned about what was going on. And so in talking to him, he talked to me about the fact that, you know, the, the children, uh, they're, they're so busy in what they do from one day to the next, you know, one day they got band recital, they got P 
piano recital. They got swimming lessons. They got their school lessons. They got bedtime schedules and nighttime rituals and all this other type of stuff when they get home. And you go to church faithfully on Sunday. You teach Sunday school once a month. And you, you got Bible study. You know, they do community study. So they got to go to somebody. They go to somebody's house for, for the Bible study that they go to. And, you know, and so I asked him, well, shoot, what do you and your wife do? You know, you know, what do y'all do? And he was like, you know, most time, you know, by the time we get the kids in the bed, you know, we get in the bed. We might watch something on TV, but both of us get knocked out pretty early. I said, when's the last time y'all went on a date? And he said, um, about a couple of months ago, we went to a restaurant right down the street. You know, our, our kids are old enough to where we can trust them to be in the house by themselves. And they went right down the street and, and got something to eat. But that was about a couple months ago. I said, hmm. Sounds like y'all just miss each other. I, 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 and I made it real fancy. I, 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 I'm dramatic in my, in my therapy sessions with some of my clients. You know, I said, I'm going to do some therapy stuff, you know. Let me do some razzle-dazzle for you real quick. And, you know, um, I think y'all miss each other. That's it. That's, that, that's the post. <laughs> y'all just miss each other. Sometimes in life, especially in our marriages and our relationships, things change. In particular for them, their children got a little older and they got busy raising children. And as they began raising their children, they became really great parents. But in becoming great parents, they forgot that they're also husband and wife. And so sometimes we can get so busy and caught up in our daily activities and affairs that we miss our spouses, literally. We miss them. We, we forget that they are whole beings who have whole souls that are in need of nurture, care, time, and attention. And so while we're taking care of the kids or taking care of the job or taking care of, you know, our hobbies or, you know, whatever those things might be, we can sometimes miss the very person that we said I do to. Miss the very person that we said I want to do life with. Miss the very person that we're, you know, dating or in a long-term relationship with. We can miss these people because of the things that we got going on in our lives sometimes. And so it behooves us to intentionally make time for our people. So I told him of my example with my wife and me. Um, when I started working, the job that I'm working, um, you know, it was very cool that we had, you know, Fridays kind of to ourselves. And when working this new job, the Fridays kind of got taken away. And so I intentionally moved time around on my schedule to block out and keep sacred a block of time on Fridays that's just her and me. It ain't the kids. We'll go get them pizza. We'll take them and send them to grandma's. But it's just her and me. And whatever we want to do in that block of time, that time is dedicated to it. We want to go out on a date. We want to go watch a movie. We want to go get something to eat. We want to sit at home and watch a movie. 
but that block of time belongs to us to do whatever we want to do with it for her and me. So in that block of time, we're not parents. We're not working. We're not, that time is sacred for us. And again, it does, it's not something that we have to ritualize like every week we're going to the restaurant or every week we're going to this or every week we're going to that. Like we are able to use that time for whatever we want to use it for. And so what we, so again, I told him, y'all need to date each other, man. Like take, look at that calendar, that busy schedule y'all got. And block out a specific time frame every week for y'all to do something. Because y'all just, y'all miss each other. Y'all miss each other. You're not nurturing your relationship as much as you're nurturing your children. You're not nurturing your relationship as much as you're nurturing your job. You're not nurturing your relationship as much as you're nurturing your church. Yeah, I said it. Your church. You got to nurture your relationship just as hard, dare I say, if not harder, than everything else in this life outside of your relationship, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Like You got to go hard in the paint for your spouse, just like you go hard in the paint for everybody else. We sometimes neglect the people closest to us. Because, you know, we're, we're pouring, so, pouring so much energy and effort into our other relationships. We'll treat our bosses like kings and queens. But we treat our spouses like they're leftovers. We'll treat our kids, you know, like they don't matter. But outside in the world, we'll treat church people like they're the greatest people on earth. We'll treat our bosses and co-workers like they're the best things to slice bread. We'll treat, our, we'll treat a total stranger like they're chef's kiss. But the people closest to us, they get our leftovers. They get our scraps. That should not be so. Now, I'm not... No, 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 I take it all back. Yes, they should not get our scraps. So whatever we gotta do in order to ensure that our loved ones, the ones we care about, get our best to your boss should not be treated better than your spouse your boss should not be better being treated better than your kids church folk your congregation's pastors should not be treated better than your spouses and your children one of the many dangers of being a leader of a church, as I'm going off on this tangent real quick, is the fact that we have a charge in the scriptures that says that we are leaders in our house. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I'm letting the Bible speak for itself. Come here, Timothy. He says, 
verse number two of chapter three. An overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. And I love that part. With all dignity, keeping his children submissive. With all dignity, keeping his children submissive. So read it differently. Keep your children submissive with all dignity. So do it in a dignified way. Keep your children submissive in a dignified way. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? So some of us pastors out here, some of us preachers out here, we, we want to run a church and we'll run it very well, but we can't even run our own households. We can't even run our own, we can't even take care of our children, take care of our wives. But we want ministry, marriage, you know, the ministry is where God wants me. Well, one of the qualifications for being a pastor in the first place is you got to take care of your house. So make that make sense. So again, I'm saying all that to say to us as the believers, look right at me. All three people that are watching me right now. Look right at me. Your relationship with your spouse should not be undersold or diminished in comparison to relationships with your friends, relationships with your bosses, relationships with your co-workers, relationships with, you know, anything outside. I'm not saying that they should be, that they should, that they should not, that one should be more than the other, but at the very least, it should be all on, on an equal playing field. Your wife, your husband, and your kids should get the best from you. Not your leftovers. Not your leftovers. So ask yourself the question, what do I need to do in order to give my people, the one that I'm doing life with, to give them my best? What can I do to make sure that they're not getting fumes? I got a full tank of gas in me every morning. Make sure that I'm not running on empty by the time I come home. What do I need to do to recharge, to recalibrate, to repower myself so that when I get home, my kids and my wife and my husbands are not getting my leftovers? Because we'll sometimes treat our spouses and our children like the scum of the earth. But when we at that job, yes sir, no sir, whatever you need, Treating our coworkers like they're, they're like they're great, amazing, awesome. 
And so saying again all that to say is I went off on that little that slight tangent. Sometimes we're missing our people because of how busy our life has become. And so we got to intentionally make time for our people. Intentionally make time for the ones that we say we care about. Intentionally make time for the ones that we say that we love. Sometimes we can get so caught up in this life that we live that we forget that people matter. Especially the ones that we say we're doing life with. So if you find yourself in a position where you're you're you you're in a relationship or you're married and you're feeling like, you know, think we're kind of distant and drifting apart, ask yourself the question, what has taken precedent in your relationship? What's taken precedent, I'm sorry, in your life? Because sometimes it's simply a matter of just turning to your left or turning to your right and realizing your partner's right there. Getting off your cell phone, and I'm bad with that, but getting off your cell phone and seeing your partner's right there. Stop watching the game for just a few minutes. Yeah, you might miss the play, but guess what? That's what they made a rewind button for. Just go rewind it. That's what they made replay for. Just You're going to see it. Not the end of the world. Press pause on the video game. Press pause on the Netflix and see each other. Sometimes it's just as simple as just turning to the left or turning to the right and realizing I got a whole person over here who's worthy of dignity, honor, and respect, and I need to stop neglecting this person and remind this person that they matter to me. So ask yourself the question, what am I doing to let my partner know that they matter? Because if you don't, I promise you, at some point, somebody will. Somebody's chomping at the bit to let your partner, or dare I say you, know that you matter. So why not get ahead of it and let your partner know and your partner let you know you matter. Set intentional time with each other so that you are able to remind each other that you love each other. My wife is an excellent mom. Excellent mom. Best mom ever. I want to trade her mother skills for nothing in this world. And she's a bomb wife. Chef's kiss. Perfect for me. And so I dare not deny her of time with me because I'm too busy with work or with my activities or hobbies or whatever. First priority is to God. Second priority is to the family. 
and again, kind of being on my soapbox about it, I think a lot of ministers and a lot of preachers and a lot of pastors, they forget that. They think that their relationship with God is equated to their ministry. And so they put them on the same plane. And that's not so. Not according to God. It's God, family, church, ministry. Because the word church is talking about people. It's not talking about a building. And you can, ha you can have church anywhere. Church at work. Church at, you know... So I say again that all to say, God, family, church, ministry. If you ain't taking care of your family, you are disqualifying yourself from ministry to begin with. According to the word anyway. Now you know you're going to have some people who, you know, ain't even looking at their Bibles to see this dude really ain't qualified. But, you know, he preached real good. We bring down the walls of heaven but can't take care of a family to save his life. He sure do preach good. God, family, church, people, ministry. If you can't, if you, if, listen, again, love, love some ministry, but if ministry's getting in the way of taking care of your family, something got to go. And it ain't supposed to be the family. Not according to my scriptures. Not according to what Jesus said. So again, I'm saying all that to say, for us as believers in God, don't let what you do for God get in the way of loving your people. Because the, fir the first thing that God tells us to do is to love one another before we do any type of preaching, any type of teaching, any type of ministerial work. Our charge is to love one another. By this they will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So if you ain't even loving people right, but you sure know some truth about Jesus, the math ain't mathing. So again, saying all that to say, your, your, your first ministry if you want to call it that, it's to the family. It's not to the church. It's not to the people that you're preaching to. It's not to the platforms that you're on. You, Let me tell you something. In, in the cold, I see that you're watching. I can't see your face like it normally shows on here, but I'm glad that you're still on. Let me start acting Brody. Nicole ain't going to let me just be up on this platform lying. No, knowing her, if I say something out of pocket, she gonna get on this comment box and be like, but that ain't what you said last night. <laughs> that ain't what you were saying yesterday. <laughs> now, now, I don't think she'll embarrass me. I don't know. She might. I don't know. But, you know, I don't think she would. But she's showing her gonna get on me when we get home. Oh, you can preach real good in front of the people, but you sure treat me like crap. <laughs> and she would be in the right to do it. Because how dare we live a, 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 a double life? 
No, the same person that we are in the church should be the same person that we are at home. Again, transparency and vulnerability notwithstanding. Again, transparency and vulnerability notwithstanding. We should be the same people. But even then, the people at the church should not get better from us than our own spouses. The people on your job should not get better from you than your spouses. Your children should not get less of you compared to the people in the... I was talking to this client and the wife was telling me it's like we were living a double life this whole time because when we get in front of people, it's all yet yeah, rainbows and sunshine and all this other type of stuff. But then he get home and treat us like monsters, like like he like he's like he's scumming, like we just scumming the earth. It shouldn't be like that. If anybody gonna get scumming the earth treatment, it ought to be. I'm not saying anybody should, but if it's gonna be anybody, it should be the people on the job compared to the people at home. If you if you getting scumming the earth treatment, let's talk. Why, why is this so? So again, I'm saying all that to say, because I'm, I'm over time. I'm saying all that to say, we can sometimes get so caught up in what we're doing that we're missing the people that we say we love. And so we have to be intentional with our time, intentional with our energy, intentional with our care, intentional with our words, and our actions and make sure that when we come home from our busy days and life in our busy weeks that we are finding a way to pour back into ourselves so that we have energy time effort care and attention to give to the people we care about the most our people the ones we're married to the ones that we're raising the ones that we're connected to the most should not get our leftovers period they should not get our leftovers. That's not fair to them. And that's not a testament to the God that we serve. Yeah, there's times you're going to be tired. Times you're going to be frustrated. Times you're going to wish that you could just lay down. And in those moments, do what you need to do. But that should not be a daily occurrence. You should have some energy in the tank for the people you care about the most. You should have some energy in the tank for the ones you're married to. Energy in the tank for the ones that you're raising. Making sure that people have a roof over their head and food in their bellies. I'm sorry, it is not enough. I can't tell you how many people I see in therapy all the time who tell me, my parents were good, they gave me a food, the food to eat, and they had a roof over my head, and we had running water, but they neglected me emotionally, and that wrecked me. They didn't spend time with me. They didn't do anything with me. We didn't talk about anything. We didn't share anything. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. No one taught me how to be emotional. No one taught me how to talk about my emotions. You know, if I talked about my emotions, I was basically shut down one way or another. So I learned how to not talk. And now I got to talk and I don't know how to talk. So now I don't know how to stay in a relationship with nobody because I don't know how to open up. Spouses cheating on spouses because they never see each other. But it's, but as soon as somebody says, how you doing on the job, it's tearing their whole worlds apart. It's tearing up their whole lives because somebody finally sees me. Somebody finally hears me. Somebody finally understands me. 
or we don't know how to talk and we don't know how to share and anything like that. So the same scenario applies. We have to make time for the ones we say we love. Make time for the ones that we say that we cherish. Make time for the ones that we say we care about. Because if we don't, the ramifications that come from neglect may end up being so severe that they are insurmountable to um, to come from. And so, that's my sanctification session for the day. Um, I'll charge you guys later on for that bit of information. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D. Right here on TikTok Live. Thank you so much for the 110 likes that we've received thus far. If, um, if you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to any past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show. Listen to every episode um, from inception. Thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, every share. When we come back, uh, we are celebrating and highlighting Nikki Haley's response to Kate Cox's need for an abortion in Texas and um, the ramifications of that um, that are perme permeating throughout the Republican Party. So we're going to talk about that, and I thank you guys so much. We'll be right back in just a moment. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show, which boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, thank you for the 110 likes that we received thus far on the show. Continue to keep those likes up if you so desire to do so. Um, so Nikki Haley, Republican National um, um, nominee, um, uh, candidate, candidate for the nominee, 
um, uh, was recently on TV the other day and was asked a question regarding the Texas case of Kate Cox needing a needing an abortion um, because uh, of a fatal condition that the fetus has at 21 weeks and um, the ramifications of the Texas's ruling uh, overruling the Supreme Court's overruling of the court's decision for her to allow her to have an abortion. So I'm going to read the story um, and then let you hear Nikki Haley's response to it. The Texas Supreme Court on Monday reversed the lower court's ruling that would have allowed a woman to obtain an abortion under the state's medical emergency exception, though the woman's attorneys hours earlier said she had left the state to have the procedure. Kate Cox sought the abortion after learning her fetus has a fatal condition and doctors told her she could risk her future fertility if she doesn't get the procedure. A state judge last week ruled Cox, who is 21 weeks pregnant, could terminate her pregnancy, but the Texas Supreme Court temporarily put that ruling on hold late Friday. On Monday, the Center for Reproductive Rights announced that the 31-year-old mother had left Texas to get health care elsewhere. Um, the ruling calls into question whether the decision could deter women in similar situations from seeking a court-ordered abortion. Uh, Cox's lawsuit is believed to be one of first attempts in the country by a person seeking a court-ordered abortion since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. While the center did not disclose more details of Cox's plans, she had received offers to help her access abortion elsewhere from Kansas to Colorado to Canada. Um, on Thursday, the state district ju court judge sided with Cox and granted a temporary restraining order against the state so she could legally have an abortion under the state's medical emergency exception. Uh, Texas Attorney General Kent Paxton, a Republican, quickly threatened criminal prosecution against the doctors or hospitals who would help facilitate the abortion, saying they could face charges even after the 14-day temporary restraining order. Last Friday, the state's high court temporarily blocked Cox from obtaining an abortion while it reviewed the case. It's ruling on Monday, the Texas repeat, sex, Texas, re, oh my God, Texas Supreme Court, compromised of nine Republicans, go freaking figure, called on the state's medical board to provide more guidance on the medical emergency exception at the heart of Cox's case. The high court also released an opinion saying Cox's doctor did not establish or attest that Cox's symptoms were life-threatening and noting it should be up to the doctors, not judges, to decide whether to provide an abortion. Quote, no one disputes that Ms. Cox's pregnancy has been extremely complicated. Any parents would be devastated to learn that their unborn, unborn fatal condition diagnosis. Some difficulties in pregnancy, however, even serious ones, do not pose the heightened risks to the mother the exception encompasses. This exception requires a doctor to decide whether Ms. Cox's difficulties pose such risks. A doctor asked the court to pre-authorize the abortion, yet she could not, or at least did not, attest to the court that Ms. Cox's condition poses the risks the exception requires. A separate pending case before the Texas Supreme Court seeks clarity on the medical emergency exception. Notably, in its opinion, the court called on the Texas Medical Board to provide further guidance on the law. Quote, the court cannot go further by entertaining into the medical judgment arena. 
The Texas Medical Board, however, can do more to provide guidance in response to any confusion the current, that currently prevails. Each of the three branches of government has a distinct role, and while the judiciary cannot compel executive branch entities to do their part, it is obvious that the legal process works more smoothly when they do. Alright, so I got a whole bunch of opinions on that, but before I do that, I'm going to let Nikki Haley give her opinion of what she thinks is going on there, and then we'll talk about what, I, what, what I'm feeling about all that. Again, that's Republican candidate, Republican nominee candidate, um, Nikki Haley, as she was addressing the situation that's going on in Texas. And what she said is 100% right. In taking away Roe v. Wade, I can understand what the Supreme Court was trying to do in giving the states the ability to be able to make these decisions instead of it being a national thing, even though I think that's dumb. But I understand the premise. But what you now have is that states have made all these arbitrary rules because they, I want to save babies! Yay, babies! But now you have women in situations like these where you know this baby has a fatal condition but you're not going to allow her to abort the child because we got to save the babies and we don't have enough evidence to know that the baby or that it's going to have life-threatening risk to the mom. Really, dude? The Texas Medical Board has to make these decisions. But you're the one enforcing the law to where even if they if they, they make this decision, you still gonna tell them they can't abort the child. Cause you abort the child, you can be arrested. Really, dude? So here we have what we talked about, what we said. This is what we said was gonna happen. And Nikki Haley was spot on. You got this situation where this child has a fatal problem not going to live problem and you still trying to force her to have the child to bring the child to term despite this fatal 
problem. Bring the child to term anyway. This is what we're talking about. And again, we knew this was going to happen. Well, and now here come the ju- here come the judges. Oh, you know we got to keep our hands clean of this because you know we can't we can't you know mm, yeah, we can't be we can't be a part of that. That's the executive branch's decision. That's not my decision. See how many how we try to push the responsibility away now. So we we shake hands and we're glad handed. Yes, save the babies. But now when when it comes to being pro life. Are you really pro-life when the rubber meets the road? Because what happens now if this mom brings this child to term? But he creates a complication in her, the mom. Now, mind you, I do kind of understand where they're coming from when they said that the, the doctor didn't give them any information to provide whether or not this was life-threatening to the mom. So I understand that. Now, they should have done their due diligence to bring more evidence to support that. At least talk about that. Nevertheless, the, the fact still remains, the child is not going to live. The child is not going to live. So now what? Once again, this is what happens when people turn people into politics and they turn them into political points and they turn them into ideologies and they turn them into um gosh what's the word i'm looking for um turn platforms when they turn people into platforms the republican party knows if they yell save the babies loud enough everybody who's pro Christian and pro-babies are going to vote for everything that they want because we got to save the babies. So never mind anything else that the Republican Party is doing that's crippling America. They're saving babies. So as long as I keep rah rah rawing on that platform, then I'm going to score points. So we dehumanize people by turning them into platforms so that when situations like these occur, now we're wringing our hands. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know, my hands are tied. I don't know. This is what happens when saving the babies becomes so loud that you're missing the people that have to have them. And missing the people that need support when you see that it's going to cause a problem. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. We've dehumanized people. Nikki Haley was dead on. This is a human situation that requires a human response. But far too often in this politicized world we live in we turn people into platforms and as long as it gets me the votes i'm good because what pro what some pro-lifers don't want to talk about is if you want to be pro-life then how about when the child is out of the womb 
How about the moms who need extra support? How about caring about daycare and caring about, you know, trying to help us to be able to, you know, get these, you know, get, you know, keep the kids. Where are you then? Because the same people that are raw, raw, raw about abortion are the same ones who are quiet when it comes to child care, when it comes to the price of milk and the price of formula and the price of, you know, um, diapers and the price of uh, baby wipes and the price of, uh, of, of baby food all going up. Y'all, y'all quiet as a mouse when it comes to that stuff. But save the babies, right? Save them. But are you helping to take care of them? Oh, that's not my responsibility. That's not my child. But you showing up acting like it is when you in that vote box. When you're in that voting box. When you're all up in that voting booth, you showing up at like you you the you the you the parent then. Call it like I see it. So again, we celebrate and champion Nikki Haley today. You see, you see how I tell y'all this stuff all the time. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm listening and paying attention to what people are saying. And this is one of the first times I've heard a Republican say out of their mouths, this is a human problem that requires a human response. That we should care about the child, the healthy child, in 38, 37, 38, 39 weeks, making it to term and not aborting them just as much as we care about the mom who were who cannot carry this child to term for whatever reason and needs an abortion. This is the first time I'm hearing a Republican say that. So now my ears are open. So what else are you talking about? But by and large, the Republican Party, because y'all are so dumb as a whole, gonna end up Going for Trump again because he's the one making all the noise and saying all the things y'all want to hear despite the fact that he's telling y'all I'm going to end up being a dictator when I get up in that when I get up in that office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get there. Yeah, bring him back. Bring him back. He's going to save America. Yeah, he's going to save America, all right. But he ain't the one that got this um infrastructure um, bill passed to where your roads are getting fixed, your bridges are getting fixed, your internet providers are now showing up in your rural areas like we got ours showing up in ours finally, so maybe next year we will actually have some reliable internet where I can go live here and on YouTube and on Facebook and everywhere else all at the same time. Like, I'm sitting on G waiting on all for that. Like, But, you know, but Biden, he's so bad, right? He's terrible for the nation. But we get we getting stuff that we never would have thought of getting because Trump's so busy wanting to do his own thing. But, like I said, y'all do what y'all do. But you got Nikki Haley here talking some sense. Chris Christie talking some sense. But y'all gonna, y'all gonna vote for your boy again. Y'all can't get, y'all can't see 
can't see. Oh, I want to cuss right now. But at any rate, that's why I tell y'all, I'm not Democrat or Republican. I'm listening. And I'm paying attention. What are these people talking about? Because if they talking some sense, they might talk enough sense to get my vote. So again, I'm saying all that to say, Nikki Haley, you are something praiseworthy today. Because for the first time in an extremely long time, a Republican is making sense. It's been a long time since I've heard a Republican say something that made sense. And Nikki Haley probably ain't going to get the nomination because we all dumb. But she's making sense. And it would do well for us to pay attention to what she's saying because what she's saying makes sense. Yeah, we should not be telling a woman what to do with her body while at the same time finding a finding a pathway to allow children who did not ask to be brought into this world to be given a chance to be brought into this world if the reason for them being brought into this world is sim it is as simple as a one night stand Like I said before, you know, I I don't believe everybody should get an abortion, should have access to an abortion. I think there are some limitations that we should that we should be that should be imposed. But I but again, those limitations, you know, should be such to where if you got a situation like this, go get that woman an abortion and shut up. Give her an abortion and shut up. But again, what do I know? I'm just the host of a True Gospel Morning Show. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, what do I know? So I thank you guys so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show. I don't think we had any questions or comments in the comment box today. Um, I think a lot of people came on and they were just, you know, watching and then going away. Um, so I'm scrolling through the comment section really quick to see if there's anything that I, that I may have missed. And I don't think there is. Um, so to that end, um, let me see. No, 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 no. Yep, so I thank you guys so much for spending a little bit of time with your boy right here on TikTok Live. Um, again, I'm thankful for every person who comes on and every person who sits down for me with me for a little bit to listen to, um, to the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. So I thank you guys so, so much from the bottom of my heart for spending some time with your boy. Thank you so much for watching. Um, depending upon it, what's going on in the world, uh, we'll come back tomorrow and we'll do another episode of the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.